Welcome back to Equal Time Soccer. I'm Mark Pravratsky, and I'm here live from the world's only queer soccer bar, the Black Heart, where I film and work and uh, do all the Women's World Cup action that's going on right now. We're lucky to be joined by an all-league performer in the W League for Minnesota Aurora, a member of the U.S. National Beach Soccer Team, and a former Denver pioneer among all the other teams, Hannah Adler. Hannah, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hannah's joined us from the West Coast. We're uh, just like in the World Cup. Yeah, we dealt with time differences and we got on at the same time. So it worked out. Talk about, we'll talk about Aurora first. We had a lot of things I want to ask you about, but you had an amazing year. You're already, I think I was looking up the graphic, like, you know, the third all-time leading points getter in, two, in just two years, but still um, goals and assists. When you think back now, it's been kind of a month basically since you played for Aurora. What kind of memories come to mind for you? Yeah, when I think of Aurora, I just think of, you know, it was just such an amazing experience, um, you know, just from the staff down, um, you know, we had such amazing leaders and uh, the team itself was just full of inspirational women and um, every single day being there was just so much fun and it was one of the best soccer experiences I've had. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Talk about the support from the community. Obviously, the community ownership makes the team somewhat unique. Also, you know, you have a supporters group in Ravon Toulette who really like found their form this year and the team. The team knew what they had in the in the marketing part. So they were all over the place. There was always Ravon Toulette supporters at every event. Talk about that and your experience, because you've had experiences in professional soccer like mm -hmm. in a couple short ones um mm -hmm. but and this is not professional but i'm guessing the level of support you felt was maybe felt that way yeah oh yeah i mean they were amazing honestly um they really made the environment feel super professional even though it's not technically professional um i think like their support really helped us throughout the season and um it was really great to get to know them even after the game sometimes you know when we were signing at autograph alley and all of that um just to hear their support and everything was just so amazing so i was really grateful to have all of them out there every single game because we always felt so hyped up and ready to go because of them so yeah and it got to the point where when there were away games or like when I had to work when there were games, we were having watch parties here where we'd have 30, 40, 50 people and the regular yeah. customers are just so surprised. They're like, what is this? And so, yeah, it's um, there's the community support makes it unique and makes it uniquely fun. How uh, this this is we waited a little bit for the season to decompress so I can ask you this question. But how hard was it to miss the playoffs after you were one of the standout players? But of course, you cannot turn down a national team opportunity. But I'm sure you were, we were all hoping if we get through if the Aurora gets through that round, you could come back, you know, and be a part of the playoffs. But so you ended up not getting to you know have another game. How was that to watch and to process? Yeah, I mean, I think it was really, really hard. I had some really hard conversations leading up to it with Nicole and even with my U.S. coaches. Um, but, yeah, of course, you know, when you get called in, it's something that's, you know, an honor and it's something that I have to do and that I'm excited about as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was definitely super hard because, you know, I was so invested in the season and, um, you know, really wanted to help us get, you know, to the championship and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, that's just one of those things like it is what it is. And, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, it's kind of, uh, it, we'll talk about it later, but it's the same opportunity that kind of gave you a chance in NWSL last year because players taking national team chances, that's mm -hmm. why you actually got a little bit of a chance with racing Louisville. So, you know, it kind mm -hmm. of is full circle. You're, you're playing both, you're getting both ends of that uh, <laughs> challenging like balance of, as a player. Um, and one of the reasons it was tough to not have you there is because obviously you were so productive right away sliding in with, you know, with Maya Hansen, Kat Rapp, Mariah Wynn, they were usually playing by you along with tons of other players rotating in terms of, you know, the holding mids and then all the other people who played on the wing. Um, but what it, it seemed like it worked relatively quickly, both you said off the field, there was a good chemistry. Obviously, it came on the field. What made it work offensively for you? And what made you just be successful right away? Yeah, I think um, the off the field stuff was a really big part of it, to be honest. I think we all 
you know, yeah. started to mesh off the field really well. Um, so then on the field, we started to create all of these relationships and it just became fairly easy to, you know, understand each other's habits and stuff like that right away. Um, and to be honest, I haven't really been on a team in a long time that's been like that, where, you know, you kind of hop in and, you know, you don't have that much time in the season. So you kind of have to click right away. And, you know, we found our rhythm, which was really awesome. Yeah, you were voted newcomer of the year, which one thing the, the team awards voted by teammates, which is cool. You were you were all W League second team, which is of course awesome. And when you're looking for pro deals, it's nice to have those little gold stars <laughs> sticking on your resume um, yeah. for obvious uh, for the obvious output you had. But being voted by your teammates, I just wonder, you know, how does that how does that hit different being actually picked by the players and not necessarily media or coaches or someone like me just watching the game on the side. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it means so much, um, you know, because just coming from them, like just the support from them throughout the season, I think, you know, I don't think that I could have done like half of what I did without the support of our team. Um, everybody on the team is just like overwhelmingly supportive to each other. Um, and I think that's why we had so much individual success as well as team success um, because yeah, everyone was just rooting each other on the whole season and yeah, I'm really grateful for them. Mm -hmm. You were some of your teammates, some of the best players on this team are from the summit league. So represent, we cover the summit league heavily because there's just tons and tons of Minnesotans there. Um, <laughs> usually a couple at Denver, but less so they're usually Denver's usually kind of playing the villain to the Minnesotans at South Dakota and, and uh, South Dakota state and St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering, there's at least a little crossover with some of your Aurora teammates in the summit league, Abby O from South with South Dakota, maybe mm -hmm. um, who you might've even matched up a little bit with. And then Maya Hansen maybe was a freshman maybe when you were, or she was young when you were playing. I wonder how much you yeah. knew about <laughs> them before and, any memories you had of playing against them? Oh yeah, um, no, I totally remember. I remember playing against Maya Hansen for sure. Um, I remember we were always scouting her um, before games, even though she was really young. Like I remember that was definitely a thing. That her little kid like, running around, she never yeah. stops. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then yeah, Abio as well. We definitely had some battles um, against each other, so yeah. uh, it was fun to finally be on the same team with them um, and not be fighting against them. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a little more about Denver later too. But I, I, I wonder for you, you played, you had the standard, you know, four years in college, and you had played a lot of high-level club soccer going up to them. What did you do in your summers previous to this? I mean, not obviously while you were at Denver, did you ever play in summer league and, or did you play in, you know, WPSL or, you know, UWS? How did you train in the summer previous to this? Yeah, I played for um, the Colorado Rapids in the WPSL, yeah. um, I believe two summers in a row. Um, yeah. And that was definitely, you know, a very well-run program as well. Um, so I think it's, you know, maybe a little bit similar to the W league, but a little mm -hmm. bit different. Still yeah. kind of figuring that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, we see in both um, the W league and WPSL, there's just big differences mm -hmm. between clubs. So, I mean, like in W yeah. league, the difference between the clubs that are youth clubs that are adding this on top versus like mm -hmm. teams like Aurora who are creating this as a presentation piece for women in the professional space. You just yeah. see differences like, you know, some of your, um, and then once you get into the final playoffs, all the tough teams right. are there and there's no yeah. more, uh, there's no more gaps. Yeah, um, sure. What had, so in terms of what you expected from, because the Rapids are very good for people who don't know, um, mm -hmm. Salvo upset them in the WPSL playoffs this year. They're a team that routinely makes, makes runs and wins. Um, so you played at a high level in the summer and obviously you were coming off being with Louisville last, last year a little mm -hmm. bit, but how did the standard match your expectations from, you know, just talking to the team, meeting with them on zoom and then being on the field and playing, how did the standard match what you expected for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a very unique situation, um, you know, for Nicole to set up these kind of Zoom meetings for us, like months before our season even started. I think that in itself is very professional, um, just professionally run, you know, like I don't know other teams that would have been doing that, honestly, um, like trying to put in the work off the field because we only have so much time once we get there and and then that made it so much easier by the time we got there, then we can just focus on the soccer and we've done like most of the hard work already. So I definitely enjoyed that. Yeah. Had you been on teams that, uh, 
allowed celebrations and maybe encouraged them in the way they did? Um, I think, yeah, professionally, you know, they, they do encourage like the celebrations, but I don't think on this level, I think like this is another level and I, and I really appreciate it because you could see, you know, it gets like the crowd going, it gets the community involved, you know, everybody gets really excited about it. So I think it's something really special and unique to this team. Yeah. Were you, cause it, you aren't one, you may, I don't think you were one to do a lot of the heavy celebrating. Of course, like <laughs> we, know, we know Mariah dictates, dictates yeah. it, Kat got into it a lot. Cause also they, she's just scoring a lot. You're right. a little more like celebrate and hug the teammates a little <laughs> bit. I don't, I don't remember, were you involved? I mean, there were some whole team ones. But yeah, more low key in the celebrations. Like. Yeah, I think yeah, when there were team celebrations, like for sure, I would do those ones. But yeah, I'm definitely more of a low key. Uh, just hug my teammates, let them know that yeah. you know, especially the person who assisted. It's always yeah. important to shout them out and yeah. stuff. So yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite celebration of this year, or it could be a couple? Ooh, um, the one that really sticks in my mind was, I think it was the first game we played and I think it was Kat's goal and we all lined up and we were taking pictures of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one was cool. I like that, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, Tiana also said that when I talked to her. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was great. It was great. Yeah, Cat yeah. Rap found her, uh, found her form and doing celebrations for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I love it. Tiana also told us it's not so much that, uh, Mariah, um, likes it the most and like comes up with the idea she dictates what the <laughs> she's like she's like it is it is dictated so yeah. like, this is this okay this is what we're doing yeah, yeah exactly no i i love it though it's amazing it makes it fun it makes yeah. it fun if fans are sitting in 90 degree heat watching you then yeah celebrate yeah. all the time <laughs> what was your um what is your either your favorite goal of yours maybe and then also just like in general, because there were a lot of goals. It's tough, there's like 60 of them, so you'd have to go through a lot of <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's a good question. I guess, I don't know, I guess it was kind of cool, um, the game when my first touch was my goal. <laughs> so that one was pretty fun because it kind of surprised me, it surprised everybody, but um, yeah, I, I would have to say that one just because I don't think I've ever done that before. Very cool. There was, well, and we, uh, when I spoke to T, just a set, like we, I mentioned just the time, I think, I don't know if it was in the playoff game with Chicago City or if it was just towards the end of the year where um cat rap i think it, it got voted goal of the year she oh, she turned yeah. into scored an upper 90 and then like five minutes later you did kind of like just a little bit less upper 90 version oh, like this one. i know i know we were laughing about that after because yeah. she was like yeah we, we've been joking about our goals and stuff and i just came on and replaced her and did the exact same thing so you also funny. both i mean a lot of the goals you'd get to i mean a fair amount end up being tap-ins which of course look like it's mm -hmm. an easy goal but it's because of the entire passing sequence leading up oh, and you kind of sure. just overwhelm the other team and so it's like yep you're on the line tapping in maya's tapping in because you've done the work and and found yeah. that end result yeah. yeah, totally. No, yeah. Those ones were awesome, too. <laughs> a lot of the celebrations is dancing. There's a lot of dancing pregame. I'm asking these same questions I asked Tiana. Who's the best dancer on the team? Hannah. Oh, the best dancer. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I mean, I would honestly say Tiana. I think she gets the crowd going. <laughs> it seemed like she would be leading the kind of circle up. Sometimes the coaches jump in there, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah. Nicole definitely did her fair share of dances. <laughs> those were awesome. I will say this is something that made me kind of laugh when, cause I'll watch that like before where you're kind of people are circling up doing the dances and uh, awkward social dancing has still stays the same. Like people are still doing shopping cart. They're doing oh, yeah. the arms around. Everyone does. They do a little running man. Like you can still do the same awkward uh, circle up dancing in 2023 that you did, you know, in 2003. Oh, 100%. It's I mean, we were always fun. say, yeah, it's all about the confidence. Like, especially if you watch Addie, she's, it's all about the confidence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love her dancing specifically. <laughs> That's who Tiana said Addie is the best. And yeah. I was like, well, shout out, shout out to the Mormons of Utah. <laughs> That's just dancing. Who's, who's the best dressed, Hannah? Ooh, the best dress. Okay, interesting. And I'll tell you who Tiana said. Tiana, Tiana gave kind of two. Okay. Oh, you won't tell me yet. Okay. No, I need. Yeah. We're okay. I don't know. I think. 
I really like, I mean, I feel like Christelle was always dressed really well coming in. Christelle and Morgan Stone, I think they always came yeah. in and you always knew they had the good fits on. They always took those pregame picks. I mean, we all did, but like, yeah. I, I always loved their outfits the most. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I absolutely, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of like pleather in play. There's a lot of, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tiana said herself, but she said that. Maddie, <laughs> She said she's like she had to take it, but she first said that Abby O had like really good uh, shoe game, sneaker game. Oh yeah, good so, sneaker game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said I said you know I mean Stell has the ability to count on future dental income. She can invest in all the clothes she wants. Yeah, you guys are, true. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking <laughs> to get an entry level. You're looking to get the entry level European contract. That's not going to pay for your fits. So yeah, yeah, she's got the. <laughs> The other thing I asked, I asked Tiana about because it was something I noticed just from the sidelines, only like a glimpse once, but using an old film camera to have like the player cam, you guys oh, are yeah. recording this. And I wondered like one, just, I don't know how much you guys like talked about it or traded the camera, if it was just always one person. And mm -hmm. is there any, do you think that we'll ever get to see any part of that? Like see some yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's a good question because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but yeah. I think Mariah was usually the one leading that. But yeah, we would switch around like sometimes who was holding it and stuff. But yeah, I'm hoping that that gets uploaded and shared soon because there was a lot of good footage on that for sure. Well, it's, I mean, look, yeah, a lot of footage, a lot of hours to look through to edit. But yeah, I, um, you know, she needs to keep hold of it in case Aurora, you know, grows and grows. And then there's going to be, you know, an ESPN documentary about it or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it looked, yeah, I love it. It was a flip camera. I'm going to read an ad to tell you that this show is brought to you by Pence Homes. Whether you're buying or selling or looking to do some projects in your current home, Nate and Lydia can help you find what you need. Need financing for a basement remodel, looking to add a second bath or even a workspace now that you're working from home? Pence Homes and their preferred lender, Angie Shearer, with Luminant Financing, can help find the right financing tool for you. Go to PenceHomes.com to learn more or find them on social media at Pence Homes. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about growing up in California playing, leading into how you ended up at Denver. You played ECNL. I'm guessing an extremely competitive place to play ECNL. Minnesota, yeah. you know, we have those academy type teams in Minnesota, but they're mm -hmm. lesser and of course less dense in like the Southern California talent. Um, so I am curious, but you still played high school when you did that, which mm -hmm. now would be more rare. I don't know if it was rare for you at the time. Were there if, were there other players on your team that didn't play high school throughout? Um, I would say most people played high school soccer when okay. I was playing. Yeah, so um, it was definitely more common. You would still get some people who wouldn't, but there weren't many options if you didn't play high school soccer. So that's yeah. why most people did. But yeah, yeah I did both. Yeah. Well, and were there people you played with, like you're at Real SoCal, but I mean, people you played with or against that you're now seeing being a pro, like finding, you know, taking these steps. I'm guessing you had some people you remember who then made big waves in college and maybe are oh, being yeah. pros now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say most of my team went and played um, college, most most Division One college soccer, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and then some players, yeah, are playing professionally now as well. So that's been really cool to see some of their journeys. Um, Shout like, them out, Hannah. Who, who are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, um, I played with um, Viviana uh, Viacorta. She plays for Orlando Pride. Um, so we played together in the midfield on Real SoCal. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm trying to think, maybe not from my club team, maybe uh, just from my college team now. But yeah. yeah. Who, who from Denver? Is quite, quite um, well, my best friend, Cheyenne Shorts, um, she plays for San Diego Wave right now. So shout out Cheyenne. And they're not then, even, these aren't fringe teams, Hannah, they're straight up NWSL players. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then Natalie Beckman, uh, she plays for Portland Thorns. And um, Brittany Wilson, she plays for LA City Angels. And yeah, those are the three girls I can think of right now that are playing uh, pro in the U.S. So, right. yeah. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, you're, look, you're looking to just be right alongside them as soon as you can. What schools, when you went to Denver, which is very cool, I mean, so Denver's a really high-performing Summit League team. You know, they compete a lot with South Dakota State. Um, 
they you were in the tournament when you were there. I'm wondering though, like who else, if you weren't gonna go to Denver, where would you have gone? Or what, what other options did you have? Yeah, um, so I I really wanted to go to Santa Barbara, University of Santa Barbara. So, which is funny because now I live out there. But um, yeah, I really loved that school. It's just beautiful out there. Um, but then I realized, you know, I kind of wanted a change of scenery. So um, I started looking. I actually looked at Boulder, uh, Colorado Boulder. And um, I did look at a few other schools, like maybe – I think it was Wisconsin. I looked at um, no, just to yeah. kind of put terrible, some, terrible. yeah, put some <laughs> out there. But at the end of the day, I remember I just went to DU and I was like, nope, this is the school for me. This yeah. is, yeah, and yeah. it was, it was amazing. So yeah, <laughs> you played right away, made a lot of contributions. You were, I'm curious uh, if you know how many points you have or goal, like goal. I have the goals and assists and points. Is that something, <laughs> that, you, is that something you remember? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I, I think I could get like a rough guesstimate, but I don't what know. Do you, what do I think goals, I might have ended at 25. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. It is. Okay. <laughs> and then assists, I can't remember that one. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. You'll have to tell me. 18, yeah. 18? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. No, but these, these COVID players are, you know, it's it's unfair in terms of records because the COVID players all have an extra year, so all the records are being smashed. So you're gonna you'll drop down, I'm sure, in the rankings. Yeah. But you're eleventh. I mean, one thing that is kind of cool, and it's kind of a nefarious stat, but it's still uh, in terms of game winning goals. Mm -hmm. So eleven of your twenty five were game winning goals, <laughs> which is like all right. I don't know if it just means you won a lot of one zero two one games or you know. Like, yeah. But it sounds clutch. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, forty percent of my goals are game winners. Yeah, which is what, <laughs> what was your favorite part? I mean, I'm guessing it was a little shift. I mean, Denver is a big metropolitan area, but it's different than being in California. So I'm just mm -hmm. wondering, what was your favorite part of being in Denver aside from the college and your, you know, soccer community? Yeah. Um, I mean, I just loved that, you know, the city is really nice, but then you can also, you know, drive 20 minutes and then you're in the mountains. Um, yeah. And there's just, there's just always stuff to do there. And the winters aren't that bad. Like they yeah. say it's like the sunniest state in the U S <laughs> so, you yes. know, you, it snows and then it's like 75 and sunny later in the day. It's, it's super weird, but it's also really cool because of that. So I really enjoyed it there. Yeah. Yeah. And you only experienced, yeah, you're, and it, it was the only time you've been in Minnesota this summer, like the, for the summer. Yeah. This is my first time yeah. ever in Minnesota. So people are going to be like, Minnesota's so cold. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? It was a hundred degrees on turf. Yeah. I'm like, months. it was hot. <laughs> And this, people do not, yeah, I think that is definitely a thing people expect our summers are like 70 and temperate. And you're like, no, it sucks. It's like we have a lot of water and it's very humid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh you're, you graduated at maybe the worst time to try to transition out of college soccer, <laughs> right? So yeah. it was, it, you were the 2019 season, right? But then it's the winter of 2020 as you're, as you're like finishing when you would be you know, mm -hmm. getting your prospect reel together. Just talk about that, about how you dealt with that transition. Yeah. Cause you, it eventually came around, but you clearly had to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was definitely um, very difficult um, because COVID had hit and um, a lot of the European countries were not really wanting Americans to come over there. And even if they did, it was really difficult to get over there. Um, and you know, playing in the U.S. was also difficult. Um, they, first of all, there weren't that many teams then. So um, now they've expanded more. But, um, you know, so the options were pretty limited, to be honest. And, um, yeah, definitely a little bit of a stressful time. But, um, yeah, so I ended up going to play in Israel because they were like, we're playing no matter what. So, um, yeah, I went over and played there. <laughs> So. When did you go? Because so you declare for the draft, right? Because that's mm -hmm. something you do. Although I'm sure you maybe didn't expect to be drafted, yeah. but you still you want to be in the conversation. So mm -hmm. that's going on in the spring. So when did you actually? When did you then get that deal with Israel worked out for the fall in 20? Like in yeah, it was the fall of yeah 2020, I believe. Yeah, um, and um. Yeah, I did declare for the draft. I've obviously I didn't expect to get drafted. Um, 
I did, um, yeah. And then I just, you know, I had an agent and then he helped me out and we were trying to look at different options, but yeah, it was just not an easy time. So we were like, Israel it is. We're what was the, it? what was the experience like in Israel? And it's a place Americans go, I mean, a decent amount, mm -hmm. partly because we just have a lot of, also we have like heritage contacts where people can get on like domestic deals there sometimes too. Mm -hmm. But what, what was, how, how was that experience for you? And like, you know, did you, did you actually, were you there the whole year? I know sometimes it's nefarious too, going in, in the COVID season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. Like I, I really enjoy Israel as a country. Um, I think it's a very beautiful place. Um, and I think it was a really good first experience to play of like overseas. Um, but um, you know, I just wanted a little bit of a higher level. So I just decided not to play there again, but um but definitely like a beautiful country. So I was, I was really happy with that. I chose to go there. Yeah. It must've been very, so you were there for a whole year. Yeah. I was there from November to the end of May. Yeah. Must've been pretty isolating. Yeah. 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 It was. And with COVID and everything. I mean, everyone was isolated to a degree, but that's, that's an extreme example. Like, yeah. Um, and then there was also a war when I was there. So I had to actually leave the country a little bit early. So that was another situation, but there was a little bit of war going on in Israel. Yeah, we did it for another day. We, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's not, yeah. A, not a place, not an, an entirely calm place. Yeah, to say yeah. it overly simply. But you had, but that I mean, yeah, you get your feet wet in that, and then I know that I mean the next place, or at least that I saw, you were with what Alberg in Denmark, right? So you were mm -hmm. able to, but you had to come back, train, probably just train on your own. Yeah. And yeah, so I actually came, uh, I came back and then um, I actually went, so I actually played for one team before the Alborg team. Um, yeah. I played for Hobie Kerr. It, it looks like HB Coach, but it's pronounced Hobie Kerr. Uh -huh. <laughs> and um, that was the Champions League team in Denmark. So I played for oh. them first. Yeah. And then I played for Alborg after that. Yeah. yeah. Danish soccer, get your coverage, you know, uh, on a higher level so I can Google these things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Danish, yeah. This is why, this is why equal time's here to get something on paper. That's, yeah, exactly. oh, see, I mean, that is, I mean, yeah, and that's always a really unique thing too, the way players get signed into. So were you signed into like Champions League qualifying and then when it didn't, when they did qualify, like you were seen and found the next place? How did that go? Um. So yeah, so I signed in August with Hobie Kerr. And um, they were actually in the group stage. So um, we, I played with them until December. So we played like in the Danish top league and then yeah. also the Champions League. Yeah. Um, and then after that, um, I just wanted to go somewhere else after that. So I just signed to play for another team in the league because I really like the league. So yeah. yeah. Where did you play in Champions League? Where'd you get to go? Uh, we traveled to Arsenal and Barcelona, and um, I had to ask you for you to share that you traveled to Arsenal and Barcelona, Hannah. That's yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I know, I know. It was it was pretty cool. <laughs> Not wow! Did yeah. you just get worked by Barcelona? Sorry, I mean, <laughs> um, they're kind yeah. of the best team in the world, so you know. One time, yes, we played them twice, and the first time, actually, we put up a good fight, but um, the second time, it was rough. It was like the last game of the group stage, and we already knew we weren't going through, so yeah. <laughs> Is it the best, were they the best team you've ever faced? Yeah, I would say so, for sure. I, would, I, I don't know who else. I mean, Arsenal as well is very, very Yeah, good. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been incredible to get to play those. Because, I mean, the Danish the Danish league, you know, like they have support. I, 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 Alberg, I knew there used to be a U.S. man on that man on that team. So I knew, oh, yeah. you know, playing in the Champions League, playing people like Arsenal and Barcelona. I mean, that must have been. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, it was unreal, and like just even getting to like shake their hands after the games, you know, you're a little bit starstruck and stuff. So I'm blanking. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on all those famous Spanish players. But like, did you did you try to do jersey swap, or did they let you either make you pay for it? Um, I don't know. I I can't remember. I didn't try to, but I can't remember. Maybe some people did. Um, but I mean, it was also kind of that thing where it's like you're playing at the same level, so you're trying not to fan girl too hard. You know, but I have to, hey, look, yeah. when Barcelona men play a team in Champions League, 
everyone is everyone's fa- there's, everyone's there's, there's no shame. there's, there's yeah. a whole there was a whole coverage about how the politics of it work out of who gets Messi's jersey after every game because oh like everyone wants it so it's like he'll generally pick an Argentinian and then like uh, they're like of course I get it and yeah it's oh my <laughs> gosh that's so funny <laughs> that's an incredible experience though that you get to play against Arsenal and Barcelona and hopefully uh you know next time you'll it'll be you'll take them down yeah yeah exactly. about, um so playing playing in Denmark coming back talk about finding that spot with racing Louisville that's a really exciting thing the one thing that like we said, you know, you, someone else got a chance to play in the playoffs of the W League because you went to the beach national team. Mm-hmm. Likewise, last summer, because of the Olympics, you know, you got to experience some NWSL culture. How did that come about? Yeah, um, it was kind of random a little bit. Um, you know, I had been in this part of my career where um, I just decided to kind of put out some feelers for myself of like maybe places that I would maybe want to play. And um, I kind of just went out on a limb and reached out to some different teams and yeah. And Louisville got back to me and they were like, yeah, like we'd love to have you. And I, I was like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. I didn't know. Like, it's not easy. <laughs> I didn't know this would just like work like that. <laughs> so, um, so no, it was really cool. Um, and yeah, I got to go there for a little while and experience playing there and, it was a very professional environment, obviously, and, um, you know, playing with some of those players, I learned a lot, and the staff is amazing, too, so um, nothing but great things to say about that team. Yeah. yeah. How, how long did you get to be with them? Um, I was only there for, like, a month, I would say, because yeah. it was just the national team replacement player window, um, but I knew that going in, so, you know, it wasn't a surprise, but it was still, you know, any chance to be there is obviously yeah. an amazing opportunity. Was there a little less pressure than if you say where someone brought in a training camp and trying to make it versus you said you knew it was a defined thing? Did it make it a little less? I can't imagine the pressure if you were an undrafted person in preseason knowing almost mm-hmm. none of them make it versus you knew you had this time and they, they weren't going to go try and replace you three times over in a month. <laughs> Did it make it easier for you to slide into that opportunity? Yeah, for sure. Because you just know that you're going to be there. And so you're like, you know, I like I, you know that this is where you're gonna be for the next month or so, and so everybody's really friendly and welcoming because they right. know that you're part of the team now, and and they don't think you're really taking their spot, even though you if you could, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so everybody was really nice, and um, yeah. yeah, it made it a lot more easy. Mm-hmm. Definitely two of the best. Um, probably training setups in the country in terms of Aurora in the W league with the Vikings whole facility and then doing like ra- racing Louisville is just a new team that's invested so much. And then like mm-hmm. the Casey current are just one upping them, you know, and <laughs> with their, with their like training center and stadium. Yeah. You know, and so really exciting. And yet yeah, you're, you're a very good reminder to people of just how, cr- how brutal it is to try and get a spot on an NWSL team because mm-hmm. one, there's not that many teams. Thankfully they're expanding, but two, mm-hmm. they have really small rosters. They have mm-hmm. like, they, they don't carry more than like 20, you know, paid real people, you know, it's yeah. really lean. So yeah, mm-hmm. the, everything we can do to see more spots is exciting. So Bay FC and, um, you know, whoever else need to come yeah. and get, get Hannah in with, uh, with all those uh, 99ers and stuff in the Bay. Um, right. <laughs> so let's talk about, I, I got to talk to you about beach. We saved this, the beach yeah. national team, but it's really exciting. Um, how did you first get connected? Cause it's been a busy kind of year of this for you, but when did you first get mm-hmm. connected to the beach program? Yeah. So similar, honestly, to the racing Louisville situation, um, I, I knew somebody that played on the team. Um, I knew one of my friends from Denmark. Um, I saw that she had played for the beach national team before and I was like, Whoa, we have a beach soccer national team. Like what is that all about? Um, and it was one of those things, same thing as Louisville, you know, I just reached out and I said, Hey, like, you know, this looks so awesome. <laughs> and I just sent my, I sent my grass soccer resume actually. And I well, yeah, like, I mean, what do you, well, I don't have anything. Yeah. So, um, and it just happened that they were looking for pro grass players to bring into the game at the same time that I reached out. So why I, is that? Why were they looking for that? Um, I think that they, you know, 
I think everybody in the beach world was a high level grass player at one point, yeah. you know, um, but yeah. the more, you know, the higher quality grass players you can continue to bring in um, and yeah. kind of show them the beach game, you know, just with the high level of IQ that different pro grass players can bring to the game. Um, it can just add, you know, unique qualities to the team and stuff. So I think that's something that they were looking to do at the time. And so they invited me into a training camp and I, I didn't know if it was going to work out. I had never really played like a competitive game before or anything. Um, but you know, everybody kind of has their different unique style of playing with beach, which is really interesting. Like nobody really plays the same as each other. So, um, I guess I kind of found that little niche unique way and they invited me again and, now here we are and I've been playing like all year and it's been really awesome. So yeah. So it did just start this spring. Like it was, what was it? March or February you were first in like that first camp? Uh, yeah. February was the yeah. first camp. And then um, I think it was maybe March and April. Or yeah. April. March, another yeah. camp. And then you had qualifiers in April. Yeah. Right? We had qualifiers. In El yeah. Salvador. Have you played, I mean, you're from California. Obviously mm-hmm. the team is like very coastal. Um, mm-hmm. Although we'll talk about that later, but you, had you played aside from just like kicking the ball at the beach for fun? Like, had you played beach? Do you play pickup beach soccer when you're growing up in California? Um, I had played like, we had done like boot camps, like on the beach, like for like high school soccer and right. stuff. Um, right. And so I knew like, I kind of knew like a little bit, but I didn't really know the rules. Like the girls literally had to teach me the rules when I was at camp and everything. Totally. So um, it was definitely like very, very new to me. Yeah. yeah. I've watched it a little bit. Um, and it, I think there was one, maybe at one point there was a Minnesotan on it. There's definitely a Minnesotan who's really, who was like captaining the Paralympic team for a while. So those extended mm-hmm. teams are kind of fun to follow because mm-hmm. um it's harder to actually watch the content, but like I've watched beach soccer and it's so, it seems like it just must be so tiring. It's like the first thing in out of <laughs> like my muscles would just be, so I don't know, like talk about the difference of what it requires from your body and then just how you learned to change your game into it. Like the difference. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely different on your body. Um, I would say like I did struggle a bit with that because for me, a lot of people say it's their calves that really burn when they're playing. But for me, it's my quads um, because it's almost like um, it's almost like hockey, I would say, where it's like you're going like a full out sprint for like maybe it's like you play for two to maybe four minutes at a time, depending on you know how tired you are, if you're you know, a starter, or whatever. Right. Um, so you play for about that long. And yeah, it's it's definitely like demanding on your body. But then you come out, you get a little rest, and then you, you know, swap back in. And right. um, so it's just different in that way. Um, yeah. But it's hard to say if one is like more tiring than the other, because they're Fair just friends. different. Yeah. yeah. No, I always found it. I always found it easier to play a full field game, like the mm-hmm. whole game than to play short sided, like the intensity. Yeah. You know, I just don't like train or work out like that to do like intensity yeah. like you said it's like hockey every step you take is a squat too because you're, mm-hmm. you're thinking two inches so like yeah like I could see why your quads I think of like my IT bands and like this like, <laughs> like I just think of yeah everything just kidding yeah, yeah but you I mean pretty cool that well, okay so first of all players put yourself out there reach out because yeah you know, just, <laughs> Send the email, buds, because apparently, uh, you know, yeah. it, 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 you'd think, oh, wouldn't they have seen me? Look, it's still just human beings, and Hannah's exactly. proof that people get overlooked, so get your name out there. Yeah, um, you never know. But it seems like, I mean, there's a lot of people, I, I was uh, reading as much as I could about the beach team. I mean, there's like veteran, the, when you came into the camp and did qualifying, a lot of the people had been there a long time and then they had this round of kind of newcomers like you, but mm-hmm. like you got to play, you scored goals in qualifying. Like, I mean, were you surprised that you got mm-hmm. to be um, just in the mix right away and then you're here playing in El Salvador to qualify for the, the beach games? Yeah, I was, I was very surprised um, just because when we went into camp, there were like 20 girls and I think yeah. maybe like 16 made the team or maybe less than that too. Yeah. Um, but I was, I just had never played. And so I think like, 
obviously it was, you know, an honor that they wanted to call me back in. Um, and like ever since then, you know, I've just dedicated myself to just continuing to learn the game and um, yeah. trying to mesh with the team and everything. Um, and they've just made the transition so easy. Like the team is just so overwhelmingly welcoming and um, everybody's kind of been in the position that I was, you know, so they kind of, they kind of understood where I was coming from and they're like, Hey, we got you. Like, we'll get you to where we're at, you know? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watching, I was, there was a good training bit that us soccer had from uh, one of the camps. I think it was the April camp when you were doing qualifying and it, I don't know if it's just a specific drill or it's all you practice, but it was just a drill of like bike and scissor kicks of jumping <laughs> in. And obviously like landing in the sand, it makes it easier to do that. But like you play with bare feet for people who have no idea about it. Bare feet, no shin guards, obviously. So I'm curious for you. I mean, you are a really technical player and you like combining and passing. What mm-hmm. about beach soccer makes it more fun or makes you better than when you're playing, than you personally are playing the grass mm-hmm. soccer? Yeah, um, I think like, so there are a lot of players who will do a lot of bicycle kicks. And that's something that I definitely want to work up to doing. But that wasn't something that was my strong suit when I went in. Um, You know, I wasn't just going to be a player that threw a bicycle kick out of nowhere. So I had to kind of find something else. And um, I think like, because of my grass game, because I, um, you know, I'm pretty technical in the grass side of things. I, for some reason, am able to dribble really well in the sand. And that was something that was, um, I think, a little bit unique because, you know, a lot of this, the beach game is played in the air. And so you scoop it up a lot, right? Because that's mm -hmm. how you get yeah, I yeah. Um, but of course, you know, that wasn't natural to me at first. So I was like, well, I'm just going to dribble that. (laughs) And, um, and I think that's something that, you know, players can definitely do that. But um, I think it was, you know, just like I said, it was something that I found that was my little niche. And um, yeah. so I think that's where I've kind of started to do really well in, on the beach side of things because it's not so common in, yeah. on the beach side. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, you kind of kind of keep the ball above the surface. Like you mm-hmm. don't want to get into like a drift, whatever you call yeah, it. What yeah. do you guys call them? Just call them bumps. Like you, like there must be times where you're like, oh, I just got a divot and I look dumb because the ball. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> they actually call it the sand monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because there'll just be times. Oh my gosh, where you'll just like, you'll just like your feet will go out from under you, yeah. and you have no idea why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you step. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's really it, funny. How is it in terms of physicality? Because I don't I don't know the rules either. I I do I watch it once in a while, but like in terms of because t- you don't your bare feet and stuff. Out can you? Is there no tackling? Like in terms of body to body, like because you it's small, you could be really close. Like it could get really physical. What mm-hmm. are the standards and chain like with that? Um. Yeah, I would say it's still very physical. Um, and. I would just say the the difference is that you don't you really don't want to foul because if you do then it's a free shot so like everybody has to separate without a wall without yeah. a wall yeah like there's no wall so like they just get a free direct shot and so obviously like the field isn't that big yeah. so you really just want to be like careful with that mm-hmm. because um you know, at any time they could just get a free shot. So that is something that's different. And then I would say also with bicycle kicks, um, this is something that's different too. If somebody goes up for a bicycle kick, um, you can't like hit them from behind. So you kind of have to put your arms behind your back and just like block the shot. Um, I think it's more of a a safety thing, you know, but um, so yeah, those are the probably two main differences defensively. I feel like it really invites like people like stomp toes and like do people like, get <laughs> is there dirtiness like that because like you also maybe couldn't see it as well in the sand like I don't know like do people get dirty yeah um yeah people definitely can get dirty um and it's kind of like in some ways I don't know it's easier to like fly around so when you push people off the ball I don't know you just 
the sand is more forgiving on your legs, you know, like when you go into a tackle. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, like people can definitely tackle hard in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the toes, people definitely complain about sometimes if people don't cut their toenails. Yeah, dude, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Following through on a shot with like your big toe having a big nail, like you yeah. just straight up cut somebody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. People will like come back with like scratches. They're like, that girl didn't cut her toenails. You know? so it's kind cut of your grody nails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny, but no, for yeah, that definitely. I mean, it reminds me of like in baseball when pitchers always have to like have their fingernails right, like they have to like really yeah. take care of them. Um, exactly. I do want to say, so like I said, a very coastal team, obviously, because it's just mm -hmm. people who'd be more connected to it. But I did want to say, Danielle Kavacevic from mm -hmm. Grand Rapids, Michigan, was was in camp with you. Just oh, reminding yeah. folks that hey. For everyone who knows, Minnesota has more beach than any state because we got all these stupid lakes. So, <laughs> do we play soccer on them? Not really, but yeah. Not so really. if you put your work in, Danielle, you can make it to the beach national team from the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people from California and uh, and the East Coast too. Um, yeah. Just talk about being in El Salvador. You played that qualifying tournament. It's kind mm -hmm. of funny too because because it is beach soccer if I'm thinking about like standards of national teams, it doesn't, I don't, I have no idea what the standard is. These are like Island countries where they play beach soccer all the time. So you're mm -hmm. like, or like Trinidad, Tobago, the Bahamas you played, um, they play a lot more beach soccer than we do. So, I mean, and then you played El Salvador, talk about just getting to be in El Salvador and then like mm -hmm. seeing what the standard was. Cause you hadn't played. Real games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved playing in El Salvador. That was like, that was probably the most eye-opening experience of seeing like, wow, this sport is legit. Like yeah. this is a real thing and like people really support it. Um, and um, we got like big crowds there and everything. So I think that was something that was for me really, really cool and really, you know, inspired me to want to continue to grow the sport and be a big part of it. Um, so that was like a really big part of El Salvador for me. Mm -hmm. um but yeah playing against those comp like those teams in the competition um you know like Bahamas and Trinidad and Tobago like those were good games but um El Salvador was definitely our biggest matchup and yeah. they they are legit um they I I give them credit for that um you know beach soccer is I think one of the biggest sports in their country so like the amount of support that we had, like it was so loud, we couldn't even hear each other. Um, so yeah. it was pretty, it was pretty intense during that game. Um, yeah. And I think it was just a really eye-opening experience of being like, whoa, like these countries take this very, very seriously, and we need yeah. to level up our game as well. You know, if we want to continue to, you know, strive to be the best. So yeah, yeah, it's well, it's cool to watch. I mean, obviously, it's it's a coastal game in terms of like you know, like in Brazil and Portugal and country like that, that is a, as that's a fully professional league they have. Yeah. And, and um, mm -hmm. it's also, you can see why it could be so popular because one in a country that's all beach, it's so accessible because it's, it's easier than, yes, you can play on concrete anywhere like two on two, but that's not, it's not forgiving and it's not as like, inviting to the game. Like yeah, like, anywhere on a beach can play beach soccer, you know, and they can play exactly one, two, three feet, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, that, I can't imagine. That's that would have been really fun to see. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of validates you because it's not. It doesn't get the hype here, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Who, who on Aurora would you think best like would fit in on the team? On, uh, on the beach team. <laughs> Ooh, I know. I I mean, I would say Mariah just because she almost scored a scissor kick goal in that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. She's got an yeah. engine, yeah. The quick, yeah. the quick possession and change, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, maybe some of like the technical players for sure, because it's a very technical game. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe one of the raps. Maybe the yeah, raps. yeah. 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 Like down in, they gotta get start practicing down in Miami. That a couple that are gonna be. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, have you been watching the World Cup at all? Yes, I have been. Yeah. <laughs> We, I unfortunately had to talk to Tiana after Canada had gotten eliminated. So that, that was a bummer. The U.S. Oh. are still to play. But, yeah, it's – and, I mean, you'll end up having it. It's a 2 a.m. game for you on the West Coast. 
Yes, yeah, that one's going to be rough. So like you said, I might have to take a nap and then wake back up and watch it. I've been doing that. When it's the 2 a.m., I've been doing the naps, yeah. And then I've yeah. been, yeah, when, I, when I wake up for the 5 a.m., I do a nap afterwards, yeah. Right. No, no shame. Um, yeah. But in, in terms of the U.S., like they haven't they haven't rolled. I mean, the world is just catching up too. So they're not, they don't roll the way maybe you expect. Um, mm. It's not like Aurora in the midseason of W League. They had some tough mm-hmm. games. But um, – I'm curious for you, we're yeah. kind of aging out this older generation. There's a younger generation of players who on the national team, or it could be international players too. Do you ever watch them in terms of maybe to model the game of yours, but also just like someone you admire and try to, you know, take things from in their game? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Savannah DeMello is one that I think was really inspiring because I actually played with her at Racing Louisville. So you know, to see her go and make the national team out of, I think maybe she was called into one camp, but that was Crazy. about it. And yeah. her, first game, her first game was in the World Cup, right? Yeah, like Crazy. that's so nuts. So I think like to see that and, and um, you know, even being at Racing Louisville, I remember like watching her and being really inspired by her because um, she is like kind of a smaller player. And so you can see like she definitely um, tries to draw a lot of fouls. Like that's part of her game, um, which I think is smart on her part because, you know, she's got to play the game, you know, to her strengths. So I think it was really cool to see, you know, her technical abilities and stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, I'm also really inspired by Rose Lavelle. I think she's, she's probably been one of my favorite players on the team. Um, Just kind of for the same reasons, I think, uh, you know, she's just not the typical, like, big, strong, fast, you know, American girl. Uh-huh. She's, you know, she's a little bit, like, on the scrawnier side, but she's I super tiny, technical. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she's super technical, and she can get her shot off so fast. And so those are the types of players that I definitely watch, and I'm like, wow, like, I like strive to play like that, you know. Yeah. So. And in center midfield, you know, because it is, yeah, like, mm-hmm. she plays in center, I mean, either as an eight or whatever she's doing, and it's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, impressive. No, she have I have – I have her autograph on my leg. So it's, oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, that, that yellow card she got in the game against Portugal was bullshit. That was, it was, yeah. she kind of got pushed in. She ran into a player. So she'll be out for this next game against Sweden. But yeah, which, which is a bummer. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they'll have to, they might have to slide Ertz up in there or something. I don't know what they'll do. I yeah. know. It's going to be interesting for yeah. sure. Yeah. For the people, well, it was awesome to talk to you, Hannah. And just, I mean, look. Uh, spend the rest of the day looking up teams, sending emails. And yeah, right. Contract probably by <laughs> but in all reality, yeah, for anyone watching, Hannah is one of these, uh, one of the players from the summer leagues in Minnesota who we, of course, expect to see doing uh, big things next. So excited to see where you get to land next, Hannah. And a bummer that the, the World Beach Games, you had qualified, you played in the qualifiers. Yeah. The World Beach Games, and it got canceled. And I didn't, I didn't see any. I didn't dig in to see the rationale of why, but gosh, that uh, you you would have been planning to go probably later this month, right? Yeah, we would have been leaving. Like I, I would have been there right now, so it's pretty sad. But I think they're working really hard to reschedule it, um, and they're also coming up with more opportunities for us because of that. But um, yeah, it is definitely a bummer. I think Indonesia just pulled out randomly last second so now um beach soccer worldwide and the anok world games are scrambling to find something so yeah yeah bummer but they'll find something i'm confident (laughs) Uh, beach soccer journey also just starting because i mean that is you haven't been playing that that long i mean yeah you know and so yeah exciting to see what uh you can get up to in that too see uh, the the next beach soccer event yeah Wish you luck, Hannah, in your next endeavor. For everybody who wants to watch the U.S. Uh, in Central Time, the Blackheart opens at three fifteen, baby. I'll be here. Come on in. We had it. We had a full house for um, for the last game against Portugal, and um, we'll probably be one of the only bars in the whole state that is open at four a.m. for this game. So come on in. And Hannah's got to deal with the two a.m. So we wish yeah. you luck on that. Thanks for your time, Hannah. All right. Thank you. Bye.